0: Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Nerds with Friends. My name is Cody Leach, and as always, I'm joined by Christian Garcia. Hola! Okay, let's address our new environment here that we live in. What's new? Everything's the same. Everything's the same. Um, so, we uh, unfortunately lost our recording space that we had before at 148 Prints. Um, you know, it was, a, it was a printing studio, printing shop, um, and you know with COVID and rent and everything, um, it wasn't viable for our friend Rick to stay there anymore. So we're in my house. Temporarily. Um, Temporarily, probably. Maybe forever. (laughs) Maybe forever. (laughs) 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 We're going to see how this goes. Um, (laughs) We're working on some stuff. But yeah, so uh, if if you're watching on YouTube and it looks a little different, or if you're listening on, on iTunes or Stitcher or Spotify and it sounds a little different, it's because we're in essentially an empty bedroom at my house, um, which is our kind of like office room essentially. So yeah, fun, fun changes. Um, I mean, we definitely had it really good there for, (laughs) for several years. So, you know, it was very, very fun. It allowed us to kind of start, you know, doing the podcast on the YouTubes and whatnot. So um, very, it was very nice to have that spot, but you know, shit happens And so uh, hopefully we'll eventually dress this up to look a little nicer. Um, But until then, you're just going to see us on this. So this is
1: everything that Cody would slap together, uh, mostly because we needed to go get some very important shopping done. Yeah, exactly. Exactly.
0: So um, hopefully it'll, you know, get better and, you know, improve over time as we kind of figure things out. Definitely took a lot longer to set up this time, just because we're kind of figuring everything out. I have a nice little sweat ring on my hat here for you guys <laughs> on YouTube from setting everything up. This is my this is my frisbee golf hat, so it's a moisture wicking. Um, but yeah, so today we're going to be talking a little bit about um, the Dungeons and Dragons OGL, um, which if you've been around on the internet at all for the past few days. Uh, you've probably seen a lot about it. We're going to kind of give our, our take and our, our opinions on it. Um, and um, we're hoping to, in the next episode or maybe the one after that, depending on scheduling, um, have one of our former guests on or even a new guest who's like an expert in in that space to uh, explain it a little further for us. Uh, but we'll give our dumb guy takes on it.
1: <laughs> you so, beat me to say as they are ignorant take on, yeah. <laughs> it, on what we understand. About
0: yeah, it. exactly. And uh, we'll kind of like our, our thoughts on it um, being, you know, we are not Dungeons and Dragons content creators, so it doesn't affect us at all.
1: Yeah. We have no skin in the game. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: So. <laughs> so we'll try to, hopefully we we'll give kind of our unbiased take on it. I have read through like probably 90% of the document. Um, I, I'll admit I did glaze over some of the legalese stuff when it's like, you know, you being the consumer and us being Wizards of the Coast. I did kind of glaze over some of that. Um, but I read most of it, um, so we'll give our takes on it and, um, you know, see what we we'll go from there. We're also, um, fun fun thing today um, is we, uh, as of recording this, Dominario Remastered, which is a new remastered set of Dungeons & Dragons, came out today. Um, so we do have a couple packs here. So we will be um, opening those, Um, figure we could do those um, after nerdy confessions and see if we get anything. Um, And we'll talk a little bit about what the set is, what people are excited about, um, and what we're excited about, you know, because it, you know, that's how we chase our serotonin. Yeah, for sure. You know, trying to crack the packs, right? But let's, uh, um, oh, I should say like and subscribe because um, that helps us out quite a bit. And, you know, if there's not, you know, if we get a million people who like it and subscribe, we'll just buy a space to record in. So we don't have to do it here anymore. Um, but let's uh, start off like we always do with some nerdy confessions where we confess the things that make us nerds. Christian, what's your nerdy confession?
1: <laughs> my nerdy confession, and Cody was there to witness it, was that I fucking did not follow my uh, nerd years resolution. I bought a box. Yeah. R- remind
0: us of what your new year's resolution was well, to dirty. not buy a box. Cause I
1: always get bad. I always get bad luck with draws. but, um, I felt really bad about it up until I had the box in my hand and then I didn't feel bad at all. Then I felt,
0: then I felt bad. Then I opened a pack. I'm like, Ooh, I feel a little good. I feel, I feel, then good. I feel bad. I feel good again. Then I feel good. And then I feel bad. Yeah.
1: No, I have zero fucking regrets. No That was a dumb one. I don't even know why I said it. I don't know why I said it. I set myself
0: up to fail. My my biggest regret was making that resolution. Because that resolution was dumb.
1: I have zero fucking regrets about it. Um, The first pack I got lucky, I don't remember what the card was, but I I remember it was one that uh, people were looking out for. Enlightened Tutor. Enlightened Tutor. That's right. It was like 20 bucks. Not so bad. You know, if I get like six more of those or,
0: you know, no. If I get like... Eight nine more of those, I'd make my money back. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> That's, here's hoping. Uh, my nerdy confession is also Magic: The Gathering related. Um, uh, I so for Christmas, uh, my my family got me a very nice like box that holds like eleven hundred cards in it because I like I was just having like stacks of cards all laying around my room in various boxes and stuff all disorganized. And so, um, but I will say I have officially filled that box to capacity. And I didn't even put all my cards in it. <laughs> and then um, also, I, I got these little dividers.
1: He yeah, showed it to me. It looks pretty cool. And
0: uh, so now I've started organizing it by, by color. So hopefully, you know, it's a shitty process, but like going through each one and separating them out of piles and stuff, it's a shitty process. But hopefully, by the time I'm done, it will be a nice organized thing where I can be like, oh, I know I have that card because I have an app that tracks everything. And then go, you know, I'll be like, oh it's a red and then go into the red and find it and then be done. No,
1: I no, I, I definitely need to do something like that. Um because I as well have like they're in boxes. I but know. I have like seven or eight little little boxes with magic cards and I, I should separate them by uh, by sets or oh yes yeah, sets by, or mana or by yeah sets, mana uh type card type. That way when I need to pull something if I make I actually really enjoy making decks. They don't always play so well, but I enjoy making them. And that would make my life easier when I'm trying to figure out all right, I should really put like maybe a red spell and like, oh, they're right here. Sorceries are here, enchantments are here, or is here. So I definitely need to
0: Yeah need to do that. I think that would be that would be probably the next step of this organization. Like once I have them by color, then maybe separate them out into like red creatures, red instants, red sorceries, red enchantments, red artifact. I mean, well, I guess there aren't red artifacts, but um, you know, separating them out kind of by that um i think that would be pretty cool too uh that's a little more organization than um than i'm really willing to commit right now because you would
1: think as a white man he would like separating them by color you would think he yeah was... it just feels
0: right It's <laughs> separate but equal They're you just... gotta keep up separated <laughs> um yeah i i think anytime you do like an organization like that it sucks while you're doing it like that Maria Condo lady fucking, she knows it deep in her soul. She knows that doing the actual organization sucks, but having it done. Oh, once is it's done. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh, it's right there. If I was a more successful person, I would pay someone to organize things for me because I think that's I'm, I'm pretty well sure you worth.
1: get someone like, was it TaskRabbit? Task Rabbit.
0: Yeah, I want someone to do an actual good job though. I don't want them to steal from me.
1: <laughs> Here's these gloves because I don't trust your greasy fingers touching <laughs> yeah. my cards. Yeah.
0: Yeah, exactly. I just have this guy sitting at my table. What's this one do? Oh, that one adds two plus one plus one counters every time you... <laughs> yeah, actually,
1: up. yeah, maybe that's not a great idea. You'd have to specifically ask someone who plays magic or else uh, right. they're just going right. to fuck your shit up. You know, we were I t- put all the pretty ones here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I put all the cat ones here. Yeah,
0: this one had this one had two smaller cards on it, so I tore it in half. I'm like, no! <laughs> Um, we were kind of talking about this um, on the side about how there seems to be this this kind of general feel amongst like game stores that we go to, where they're they're they seem like they're missing out on certain like services and like like we were talking about one of our favorite shops that we bought these from Anime Imports. Shout out to Anime Imports in uh, Pacifica, California. Um, like I went to their website and, the, and to call them to see like, Hey, did you have these packs? And their phone was disconnected. And I was like, okay, well, that's interesting. Well, they have a contact page. So I'll send them an email, right? You know, you can reach out to us via email. Or if you go to nerdsfriendspodcast.com. our contact page works. Uh, but when I sent them an email it bounced back immediately, I'm like, well, God damn it. You know, all I wanted to do was to see if they had these cards and, um, you know, how much they were charging for, which is a pretty simple request from a store
1: you know you know? they they and i'm glad but they are pretty busy but that doesn't really explain not having a working email not answering right. the phone i get it you got like maybe two two people watching the shop you know you're helping they're both helping someone i get it but the email not working is a little
0: weird. yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> well the phone was just disconnected it's not like it just rang and rang and rang it was like i'm sorry your call cannot be con- completed at this time I'm Like, oh cool that seems nice um, it's probably
1: the wrong phone number. When we were there, the guy answered the phone.
0: Yeah, and he took an order over the phone. <laughs> Having a website with the wrong phone number on it—that's another thing. Um,
1: we actually love them. We're
0: just yeah, we, we love them. we just talking shit,
1: but it's yeah. a great shop. You guys should go.
0: Yeah, it's well, they're fantastic. They they were by far the the best price on these cards that I've seen so far. Okay, I think. awesome. Um, which it which is awesome, and like guy was super helpful. You know, g- gave us everything we needed um even joked around with us like okay this box is going to be the better value overall but this one's going to have like the one god pull on it you're like oh, okay cool fucking tight um but yeah you know i think i think um if you know in my dream scenario i would have my own hobby gaming store and like i like to think about the things services i would add to it to make it like the ultimate experience right and i think a big one of it for for card stores stores that sell magic and pokemon and Oh and all that kind of stuff um is having like an online database where you can like not necessarily buy the cards because maybe that would be a little rough because you're like oh you know he ordered it there's a guy in the store who also wants it you, know, uh, you run into that right but at least having a catalog right there oh yeah <laughs> Oh shit. Like a bell comes down from the fucking ceiling. It's like bidding war, bidding war. I'll pay $5. I'll pay six. Seven. It just
1: would suck for the person online. Cause you're like, no, like
0: send an yeah. offer. Yeah, exactly. Um, but at least having a catalog on there that updates as your inventory system depletes. Right. So, Oh, I sold this card. Boom. It's out of the inventory. It's off the website. Like it's a simple thing, you know, that takes a little bit to set up. Of course. Oh, nice. <laughs> Well, damn it. That's okay. For those of you listening, our our background <laughs> fell down. It was cool. There's a closet behind us. We'll just, That's the best. We'll just close this. <laughs> this is what we're dealing with. High, high quality production. Shut up, person that we kidnapped and died back there. Um, but anyway, sh- should I fix it, you think? No, I don't should we care. take a pause Whatever. and fix it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just think it's fucking hilarious. It is pretty fucking hilarious. Maybe I could just I'll just hold it up. <laughs> oh <my> anyway. God. <laughs> this is what we've been reduced to. <laughs> okay. Anyway. Oh yeah. Well I'm gonna make this down. I can't shape this to you. <laughs> All right.
1: That's fine. There we go. Now we, now we look like we're talking about, hey, we'll renovate your home. <laughs> She's molding. She's fine. Crown this crown crown molding. <laughs> crown molding. I don't even know what... My dad's a carpenter. I don't know what crown molding <laughs> yes. is. I just know people say it about when they're doing it. They love it, it. Oh,
0: look at the crown molding. Crown, <laughs> mold, crown molding is... You know, this is molding down here. Like, it's look
1: at, up there on the ceiling. Look now. at the crown molding on this mic. It's so fine craftsmanship. Yeah, fine
0: craftsmanship. Um... <laughs> okay, well, back, back right, to, we got this back to our ideal you know hobby shop I think having that online um, card inventory and like game inventory would be awesome you know I mean it's such a little thing but just having you know your store's availability available for people to see so you know that takes care of most phone calls hey do you guys have this yes I very obviously do it's on here you know then we,
1: yeah then when you do answer the phone just check the website Click.
0: yeah <laughs> exactly exactly um and then um yeah maybe maybe a cool like organization service that would fucking suck to be an employee there but what um, we would
1: need is that machine that uh, anime imports yeah, that
0: scans it and spits it out yeah. and stuff
1: just put in a pile of cards it tells you what it is what it's worth you know
0: yeah did did they say that that thing separates it i don't remember. it separates it yep. yeah you,
1: cool. and you can choose like color um card type uh price
0: that's fucking tidy. yeah i know yeah And then I think another cool thing to have in in like the ultimate game store, um, and I will say Game Castle down in Santa Clara has this, um, so shout out to those guys. Also a very good, friendly local game store. Um, Everyone has like the tables where you can play D&D, Magic, Warhammer, what have you, but they actually have one room that's set aside that's like their premium Dungeons and Dragons room. And so it's got its own door, and it's got like a nice table in there, and I think they have like maybe TVs and stuff, and it's kind of like... It's kind of outfitted to look like a tavern a little bit and stuff. And you you can rent it out by the hour kind of thing to host your D&D game. So having like one premium room would be a pretty sweet thing with maybe like Bluetooth speakers that you can play music and stuff. You know, I think that'd be pretty fun. All right. Well, um, we talked about it a little bit uh, briefly in the beginning. But yes, today a new set of Magic cards came out today. It's Dominaria Remastered, which is a – it's not like a – we're learning about this as we're kind of getting more and more into magic, but there's your standardized sets, which the last one we had was brothers war. And then the one before that was, um, Dominary United. This one is a remastered set, which is, is similar to like, uh, double masters and things like that, where it's like, they're valuable reprints that haven't been reprinted in a while. Um, w- and they're pulled from multiple sets. So these ones, um, the co- kind of the cool thing about them is, uh, there's cards in them called tutors. Um, th- those are kind of the most, one of the most desirable cards open them? inside here. Yeah. We're going to open them just a goddamn second. <laughs> <laughs> um, so looking for tutors, um, and what a tutor does, uh, the reason they're called as there's several cards, cards called demonic tutor, enlightened tutor, um, Mystic Tutor, and what they do is they allow you to search your whole deck for a specific card and bring it either into your hand or onto the battlefield or um, whatever. But they allow you to search your deck, which is the important function of them. So there's a lot of valuable ones in here that are very popular that have been very expensive. We're talking 30, 40, $50 for a long time. So having reprints in here will, yes, it will drive the value down of the ones that people currently own, but it makes it so that people like us who are poor <laughs> don't have to spend $40 on one card. You know, we might spend $170 on a whole box. But and maybe not get one at all. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, we already saved but that. But the fun Christian.
1: and the mystery of it. Yeah, it's it's gambling.
0: So we're going to open, uh, I think, two packs here on here. And we'll kind of, for our audio listeners, we'll, we'll kind of describe what, what we pull out of here. Um and for our YouTube listeners, we'll put it up on the screen once we once yeah, we get it. Guys can
1: check out live of me having bad luck with packs and yeah. Cody having amazing luck.
0: We'll just skip straight to the uh, like the uncommons un- and rares and stuff unless we pull something fun. Okay, so let's see here. I got a uh, Necro Savant, Griffin Guide, Body Snatcher. Oh, that's kind of a cool one. When Body Snatcher enters the battlefield, exile it, unless you discard a creature card. When Body Snatcher dies, exile it. And return creature card from the graveyard to the battlefield. That's pretty cool. Ooh, look at the art on this one. Terror. Nice. That's pretty cool. Okay. So nothing, nothing major in there for me. Nope. Either. Fine. <laughs> Told you. Uh, terrible luck. Yeah. The, of course, the packs we pull pull on the on the show are going to be terrible ones. <laughs> That's part of the fun. We've been opening packs like it took us a little longer to set up, so we've been opening one or two packs here and there, like while we set up too, because so, we each bought our own booster box so it's pretty exciting um oh i like that one some of the best parts about opening these things is just looking at all the cool new art you know polluted mire that's kind of cool okay uh garage verdict target player discards two cards you gain three life each land card discarded this way that's kind of cool sawtooth lion undead gladiator oh here's a mythic one Lyra, Dawnbringer, First Strike, Flying, and Lifelink, and other con- angels you control get plus one, plus one, and have Lifelink. That's a good one. Uh, drifting Meadow, Remote Isle, Foil. Okay, no tutors in mine. Any tutors in yours? No, but I got one you might like. Oh, Urza's Incubator. That's a good one. And um, and you got the uh, Borderless one. As Urza... In- incubator enters the battlefield choose a creature type creature spells of the chosen type cost two less yeah that's a good card that's a good one for sure scan that later you put it in your um in your vampire deck and it makes all your vampires cheaper put it there in you your go. werewolf deck makes all your wolves cheaper that's that's a good one and you've actually been pulling better cards than me on these ones. You uh, so sh- far shouldn't should there's you a in box sure sh- you not swap boxes <laughs> i joked about it with him earlier <laughs> yeah.
1: like i'm gonna switch our boxes <laughs>
0: Yeah, that's pretty funny. But, yeah, I mean, it, it's that's kind of the fun part about opening packs is, like, you never know what you're going to get. Like, that card, I don't know, you know, I'm ballparking here, but I think it's worth at least 15 bucks or yes. something like that. Um, yeah, you can. One thing, too, um, I'll tell you the, the app we use is called Hell Vault. Um, it's a very easy uh, to use app to um, kind of, like, organize your collection. You can scan it with your phone, which is really fun. And um, it'll it'll pull it in and add it into your into your inventory and um, tell you the value of it and things like that too. So
1: Ooh if it was anthology volume two it'd be forty five bucks, Ooh. but of course it's not.
0: Yeah, I don't it's not that. Make sure put Dominaria remastered. Oh
1: if it was foil it'd be forty nine. Twenty two. Twenty two. Oh,
0: hey, that's a good card. There you go. Yeah, I think um, you know, it's a very valuable card in a lot of decks, I think. What color is it just blue? Colorless. Colorless. Perfect. That's what you want. That'll go in every fucking deck. Alrighty. Well, we're going to take a quick little break. When we get back, we're going to be talking about the open game license for Dungeons and & Dragons and what our opinion is of it. So we'll be right back. back all right guys so if you've been anywhere on the internet tabletop community or you know rpg community in general um you've probably heard a lot of people talking about the ogl wizards of the coast ogl srd and um oh look producer rick's calling us oh yeah we'll have to text (laughs) him back um and uh we decided you know there's a lot of confusion out there about it and we figured we'd kind of explain what it is at least from our understanding um now we are not lawyers or game companies or anything so you know uh don't be surprised if we get some stuff wrong but i have been reading the document over the past couple days and um you know i i feel like i have a pretty good understanding of it so i think first we'll kind of describe what the ogl is ogl stands for open game license which is a document that Wizards of the Coast put out back in like 2000, 2001, it something was like
1: that. Two thousand two or two thousand three, yeah, or yeah. It was, it was during
0: early. during third edition, so it was a long time ago. Um, and what it states is that you know people are free to use this document they have called the SRD, um, which I don't recall what the SRD stands for, um, but it's like a source reference document. Um. Let's see here. Nope, that's definitely not it. Um, Which basically what the SRD was, um, is a systems reference document, which um, basically outlines the the core rules of Dungeons and Dragons, as well as some of their basic creatures, spells, classes, uh, uh, items, things like that. So, um, it was a document that they said that, you know, you could use this document, the SRD for, to create your own Dungeons and Dragons product. And you don't have to, um, you don't have to pay, uh, us wizards of the coast, any money to do that. It's open. You're welcome to do that. And for over 20 years, um, okay. Um, for over 20 years, people were able to use that um, that document for free. So you think people like Critical Role, uh, even Paizo, who created the game Pathfinder, used parts of it, I believe. Um, anyone who creates a um, a like Dungeons and Dragons campaign, so a lot of YouTubers and streamers will create stuff, and they'll pick and choose and copy bits and pieces of that. Like if you need to describe. What a goblin is, or what a um, what a wizard is, you can use that document to copy and paste, and you're using Wizards of the Coast's um, intellectual property for free, right? And so, um, for twenty plus years, whole businesses were built around this, right? And um, so that was pretty that was pretty cool, but um, now because since the announcement of One D D, which is the new quote-unquote, sixth edition of Dungeons & Dragons, Um, there have been rumors that they were going to change the open game license um, to go along with this new SRD, the new systems reference document. And people are freaking out. Big time. Big time. Big time, big time.
1: And I can see both sides. Yeah. But like any time, the... The bigger business is the one
0: who's winning
1: in right. this. So it does affect a lot of um side companies like Cobalt Press and the bigger one. Critical Role.
0: Critical Role. Roll <laughs> 20. Um anything, anyone, any third party who creates DD content. Now one of the th- now there has been a leak of a document that is supposedly the new open game license, the OGL 1.1A, I think it's called. Um, which Now, it is a leak, so who knows if if this is going to be official, if it's actually going to be released. If Wizards of the Coast was smart, they would definitely not release it and maybe rework it or whatever. But I've read through the document, and here's a couple of the main points that it says on there, right? So there's two versions of the open game license that are supposedly coming out. Open game license non-commercial and open game license commercial non-commercial one is for like people like you and me Christian so if I was to write my own um Dungeons and dragons campaign for our um for our campaign and I sent you guys PDF documents of like you know maps and things like that and that has includes pieces from the srd in it um like I don't owe Wizards of the coast any money right it, that's perfectly okay because it, I'm not receiving any form of payment for it the minute you take even a dollar payment for it you you go into the open game license commercial version. Now, that sounds scary, but in the in the document, it's what it says is that if you make under seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year, you do not have to pay any royalties to Wizards of the Coast. So that seems pretty fair, right? Um, also, um, I think it's if you make over. I want to say like $5,000, the number might be escaping me. Once you make over like say $5,000, then you are required to submit a, a form to Wizards of the Coast that, that kind of tells them what your, what your product you're making is, what it's about, what you've included, and how much you're charging for it. Now you do not have to pay them any money on that. You just have to tell them about it. And um, the idea is that Wizard of the Coast wants to know what, what is out there that's using their intellectual property and, um, and be aware of it, right? And they do reserve the right, if you're, if you're making something that's super inappropriate or whatever, to you know send you a, 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 hey, stop that letter, right? But you don't owe them any money. Once you make over $750,000, so think about a company like Critical Role who made millions off of their Kickstarter for their TV show, right? After you make $750,000, you do have to pay either a 20 or 25% royalty to Wizards of the Coast on every dollar made after $750,000. So if you make $750,000 and $1, you pay them 25 cents, so a quarter. Um, if you make a million, it's more after that, right? So I think what a lot of people did when they first saw this document is they saw 20% you know, royalty, 25, 20% royalty, and they freaked out. They're like, oh my God, like we're barely scraped by making this, this Kickstarter, um, you know, campaign that we wrote, like, how are we supposed to pay them 25% of it? Right. But it's, it seems to me that, you know, for most smaller companies, it, it will not affect them at all because they're not making into the millions of dollars. And if you are, First of all, you're kicking ass, so awesome, mm-hmm. congratulations. <clears throat> but, um, you know, also you're just paying anything over the 750000 So, yeah, it sucks, but it, again, at the end of the day, it is Wizards. So, you that's know, kind of like, that's the baseline of that document.
1: So, unlike Cody, I did not read the document. <laughs> I have just been watching uh, videos of people. All the angry people, YouTubers? Yeah, talking about it. Now, Cody told me about all this stuff uh, while we were having lunch before the show, and a lot of it made sense. Now, on the flip side, the knee-jerk reactions, people are getting upset because <clears throat> for 20 years, you know, that wasn't the set rules. And, you know, even even though everything Cody explained makes sense, I mean, mm-hmm. they're not a non-profit. They're a for-profit business. Right. They're, they're, they're in it for the monies, which is, yeah, that's not bad. But... You know, that being said, this is the license that got them to be as big as they are now. So right. to change it without even testing the waters first, I, I don't know. Some people were <clears throat> contemplating, like, maybe this leak was to see how people would react. Yes. I don't think so. Uh, <laughs>
0: I, yeah, I don't think so. I mean.
1: I, I don't think so, um, because the way people are reacting, they're definitely going to lose some money. People are going to mm-hmm. switch over. I can totally imagine Critical Role making their own gaming system. They're like. Because <clears throat> let's not fucking let's get let's keep it real. They're a for profit business, too. You know, critical role is in it for the money, so they're not going to want to kick over 20 to 25% to them. So, right. Matt Mercer is a smart enough guy, and the team he works with, they can make a gaming system, and they already have the fan base that that'll definitely try it and do it. Um, I think this is totally, even though it doesn't sound as bad once once it's explained, this is totally going to bite them in the ass hard. They're going to lose. They've already lost a lot of fans. Like, well, yeah, whether, whether whether like what what Cody explained is true or not, which once I heard it, I was like, oh, it's not that bad. I mean, it's not great, but it's sure. not that bad. Um,
0: but I think, you know, I think you're right is that perception is an important part of it. Yeah, right? no, it's ruined at this point. So like sure. it doesn't it doesn't matter mm. if, you know, if like, you know, maybe there's a new tasty burger in town. Right. And you're like, God damn, this burger is so delicious. I, I would, everyone needs to try this. But there's a rumor going around that it's made out of horse meat. <laughs> it's like, it doesn't matter if it's made of horse meat or not now. Everyone has that rumor in their head. They're not going to try that burger, you know? So yeah. I think that. Although
1: if that was true, like, yo, is horse meat more expensive?
0: No, or is it no, cheaper? It's the cheapest meat there is, Christian. Now I'm
1: overpaying for this fucking burger. I want it for fucking cheaper now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still going to eat it. It's delicious.
0: I'm still going to eat this horse burger. <laughs> horse burger with a side of glue. Yeah. Um, I think that, yes, it, I think it's a misstep by Wizards of the Coast to not properly vet this with key members of the community, right? And, and they did this, you know... It's funny because, you know, we've been playing Dungeons & Dragons for years now, but we've just kind of started getting back into Magic, and we got into Magic in the most tumultuous year possible (laughs) where uh, people were already upset that uh, Wizards of the Coast came out with a Magic 30th anniversary uh, four booster packs for $1,000 that didn't even have the the actual, you know, the Magic card backing to them. They had like a, a... of 30th anniversary pack. So they're not tournament legal. They're a thousand dollars and they're still random boosters. So you could pull bullshit after you spend a thousand dollars on them and everyone <clears throat> blew up and they're like, who are these for? These aren't for magic players who've been playing the game for 30 years. This is for like investors, collectors and stuff who are willing to pay that money. And like it was very tone deaf. Right. And so now to have this only a few months later, I think is, Kind of shows that the maybe the leadership at Hasbro, who now owns Wizards of the Coast, um, you know, I think they're not as plugged into the community of these gaming side of the business as maybe they were with their toy side of the business. So
1: I feel like in order to be CEO, to be that high of a company, you have to be on some percentage of a psychopath. Yeah. I feel like you have to be feel like only a psychopath would make this move. <laughs> it's just like, I don't care what these suckers are going to say or think. I want that money and I want it fucking now. And, and like, you know, like
0: I think a big part of it too, is that maybe those people who are at the top, like a CEO of say Hasbro. And I don't know who, who the CEO of Hasbro is, but um, they could be a CEO of Hasbro and not be a hasbro fan or yeah. wizards of the coast fan, right? Like the the top people at Wizards of the Coast might not be dungeons and dragons players, no, right? No, they're business people. They're business people, which and that's that's not necessarily a bad thing, right? Like we were just talking about how like, you know, uh people who are very passionate about games may not be great at running businesses, right? Like there's there's gaps in things like game stores and card shops and stuff like that. Um so there's it takes Someone who's good at both to make a very successful company, or
1: at least be smart enough to know, like, all right, I can run the shit out of this company, but I don't know enough about this magic system. Let me get someone who is. Yeah. So everyone who's going to be underneath me, I need you guys to educate me on this so I can make a better business decision.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think that that's important, and I think more companies, even companies like like uh, Disney and Lucasfilm, right? You know, they should have had some people out there who are going to conventions going to like maybe like fan fiction, you know, uh, writing contests and stuff and see what people are interested in hearing rather than just be like, I think I know what star Wars is and making their own movies that people ultimately weren't fans of, you know what I mean? So I think, I think it's, you've got to be able to listen to the community, listen for what they want and, you know, plan appropriately. Um, that being said, like to play devil's advocate, Wizards of the Coast owns Dungeons and Dragons. And because Hasbro owns Wizards of the Coast, they do too, right? And for over 20 years, people have been able to just blatantly copy their stuff.
1: Yeah, it's awesome.
0: For free and make money off of it without paying anything, which is, I mean,. Don't get me wrong. As it, If you, I was an independent creator, that's awesome. That's I'm like, oh my God, this is so cool. Like it, it takes all the burden off of me of creating my own game system, right? Which is difficult. But at the same time, to feel that it's unfair to have to pay some money to them, it seems a little ridiculous to me also. You know what I mean? Now I think we can argue numbers, 20%, 25%. That could be a little excessive but again it's 20 or 25% after you've made $750,000 in 1 year. So at that point like you should be good. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> um, so I don't know. It I'm I'm eager to see what the actual what the actual document is when it's officially released by Wizards. Um, to see if they change it what what changes they make
1: I think what they're doing right now is they're trying to rework it yeah. I mean I, they I were think... supposed
0: to do a video like reveal reaction to it well,
1: I think there was a video put up either today or yesterday which would have been a week now from people listening yeah. but it was taken down right away and they're probably reworking it but I still feel it's too late I, th- I think it's just too late I think there's I think it's gone too far where damage control is going to be any. Any good? Um, well, I think
0: I think I think you'd be right if they reworked it and it it still didn't satisfy the general co- the general public, right? If it if maybe they change it to anything over a million, you pay us ten percent. Then you know then it, people be like, okay, well, I'm not going to make a million dollars. As much as I love this campaign that I did on Kickstarter, maybe I made fifty grand off of it. You know, um, if they change the numbers around a little bit. Or if they hammer that point home too. Like, look, if you make under a million dollars or under, you know, let's use a million for a nice easy number. If you make under a million dollars a year selling d products, nothing changes for you. You know, you just, you submit us a little thing that says, hey, I did this and that's it. And you're good. Cool. You know, I think that, I think if they hammer that point home, they will be a little bit more um, uh, accepting of it. And also, I... Even though a lot of people have already unsubscribed from D and D Beyond, and people are making a big outcry right now, we've seen that companies who change their um, thing based off public opinion actually can can gain that goodwill back. Like with Sonic the Hedgehog, remember when that oh. <laughs> when the first design came out, the everyone, human teeth. Whenever yeah, human teeth and like the little tiny white hands, hedgehog <laughs> claw hands. When they reworked it, everyone was like, oh. Fucking awesome. This is what we want. And it was a great movie. And we're like, we're down. So we went and saw that one. We went and saw the second one. I think they can they can get the goodwill back from the people. Um,
1: I, I think it's a possibility. Yeah. But I I I've, my gut tell me t- is telling me it's not gonna happen. I think people like critical role, like the bigger guys are gonna be like, wait, um, Wizards of the Coast can just pull this away from us at any moment because they've already tried once and we can't take the risk of being a business ourselves. We're just going to create our own gaming system because I think if there's now that now that there's that fear that it could happen. I think it's going to force everyone to change because it's, again, if they tried it once, they might try it again. Um, although as bad as this is going for them, they probably won't try it again. Um, but I mean, if I was you know if I was on Critical Role, I'm like, yo, dude, they can just pull this from us at any moment. We definitely just need to make a gaming system. It's ours 100, percent and we don't have to rely on them anymore.
0: One thing too <clears> is that I think a lot of people miss on this document is it's you're only you're only like obliged to follow the OGL if you're using content from that SRD document. So I, I'm curious as to like what exactly um, critical role would even have to pay because as now I'm not a I'm not a critter fan, right? I'm a critical role fan. But it's from my understanding Matt Mercer has created his own world and setting, right?
1: But the rules that they follow, um, combat, um, dice, everything is right. Like but deep.
0: you can't, you can't, you can't trademark using mechanics. You can.
1: I haven't read the document. Maybe it's in there. I don't know. Well,
0: well. So in the document, they do lay out the rules. But this is strictly for printed stuff. So if Critical Role releases a new Critical Role book published by Critical Role and not Wizards of the Coast. And they have rules and stuff in there that use the five. Well, they e have mecha- their
1: own publishing company. I think it's Darrington. I think Darrington Press. Right. Or, D- or Darrington. Right.
0: Publishing. Some- so that part of it, if they're if they're using pieces of the document that use five e mechanics in there, then yes, that the part made from that would have to pay would be subject to the royalties. The critical role show, though, does not necessarily fall under that. It falls under a different contract altogether, which is not changing at least as of right really? now. You sure? Yeah. Uh-huh. I don't know. Yeah. The See, docu- this is how the docu- badly people have reacted. Right. Where, like, I'm like, Oh shit.
1: Like I thought those people were going to be affected too. Okay. Right.
0: So, so it falls under a different document altogether. The OGL, which everyone's freaking out about is specifically for printed documents or, or, or electronically like, you know, like an ebook or whatever. Right. So printed word stuff. And it's specifically for people who have, Pulled information and mechanics from the SRD and put it into their own work, so you and me could create the Nerds with Friends, and we call it like a 5e compatible, you know, uh, book, which which Dungeons of Dungeons and Dragons does not call it 5e. They call it Fifth Edition. We just know that 5e is 5e, right? So we could call it 5e compatible. As long as we don't say dungeons and dragons, and as long as we're not using the sword coast or Baldur's Gate or, you know, the, or Faerun as a setting, we create our own setting and, you know, we have our own classes, you know, that are, that are obvious, you know, you can't, you can't, um, you know, you can't trademark the word bard because a bard is a real thing, right? So it'd be like, yeah,
1: I was actually thinking about like how that falls into like because mm-hmm. like they can't own elves, they can't own goblins, right. orcs, like ogres. Right.
0: They can on like owl bears yeah, or bug and bear. beholders. Bugbear is not bugbear is an actual what? Yeah, I, I believe bugbears are from like mythology. If I'm not mistaken, I could be mistaken, but I'm pretty sure they're not beholders, mind flayers, um, you know, uh, owl bears. Those are Dungeons and Dragons specific, so you can't have those in there. But if you don't have any or you're making up your own cultists or whatever, like you don't have to pay them anything. There's, There's nothing in there. If you're not putting information from that document into your works, they don't have a piece of it at all. So for critical role, I'm not sure exactly how much, like, because everyone's using them as an example. You know, they're putting Mad Mercer's poor face upon all these thumbnails. I don't even know if he's. Maybe said, we'll put it up the shoot. Who knows?
1: <laughs> I, I actually don't even know if he's actually said anything about it. So. Nothing
0: official that I've seen, at least. I'm sure they're working with their lawyers and stuff to see what they can say and what what it means for them and whatnot.
1: I can't imagine a world where uh, Wizards of the Coast did not approach them they would have had to before to make the announcement because right. they know they know that's one of the bigger reasons why there was a big boom in dungeons and dragons
0: 100
1: i mean they put them in the big official book that they did yeah. uh, with all the uh, anniversary and like the history of dungeons and dragons um th- yeah. they would have had to like hey this is what we think we're doing
0: right and you know in the fact that like they're probably talking to them on the side It makes it ridiculous that they would even bring up this new OGL without having Critical Role co-sign on it or have them do the announcement themselves. You know what I mean? If they
1: had had them, Critical Role, say, um, hey, this is what's happening and we think it's awesome. I think think 50% of the people reacting is hard. Probably wouldn't have reacted as hard, right? Which it would have at least lessened it, but yeah, um, I think
0: I think really what this is a lesson is ha- how PR can really affect the announcement of something. You know what I mean? Bad PR, like what's happening now, where things are getting leaked and rumors are spreading around, and you know the company itself has been remaining silent this whole time. You know, it's that. I think they've PR. even
1: had um, it hasn't even been come from the official um, like Hasbro or. Wizards of the coast. I think they're using their online one. (laughs) Let's, let's, let's use this uh, lesser known name. We'll make the announcement. You take the hit.
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So all that being said, you know, our opinion is, you know, we, we really want to wait and see on it. I think it was handled badly so far, but I also think that people are overreacting and there's a lot of misinformation out there too. Um, at least from my interpretation, again, I'm not a lawyer. I'm not a game company. So, Maybe I'm interpreting it wrong, but it seems fairly clear in this document that for you know 90% of the content creators out there, maybe 95%, it's not going to affect them at all. They might have to do like one little form submission every time they do a Kickstarter book, but besides that, it's it's not going to end their channel. It's not going to change our lives forever. Um, I think a lot of people are over overreacting quite a bit to it. Um, a big part of the document, I will say, is, is one last little little caveat to it they did mention in their uh vtt's which are virtual tabletops so companies like um uh roll roll20.net um, and then there's another one i can't think of it's like tone or something like that it's a um you know any of these systems that are designed to let you play dungeons and dragons virtually with like a map and minis and stuff on it Those ones specifically are being targeted by this OGL thing. So a company like Roll Twenty, where if you've never used it, um, they have this thing where you can pay thirty bucks and you can buy, you know, Tomb of Annihilation, right? Which is a module for D&D. And when you buy that, it has all the maps from the book, all the text from the book, all the art from the book, preloaded into this um, tabletop that you can play and be a dungeon master for your friends. Now those companies already. Pay generally have deals with Wizards of the Coast that you know let them use that. So I think they'll probably be reworking those deals or ending those deals. Um, but if there's other virtual tabletops out there who do that without paying wizards, then those ones will be subject to you know legal repercussions and stuff like that, too. And I, a big part of that is because. They have announced with this new One D and D that they are creating Wizards of the Coast is creating their own Dungeons and Dragons official virtual tabletop. So I think part of the reworking of the contract is to protect themselves and make this virtual tabletop safe and viable for them. So
1: you know this is the time where Pathfinder should try to come up. Yeah, <laughs> right now. Pathfinder should just be like, yeah, it's my time to shine, baby. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
0: Well, one thing, too, is Pathfinder 2nd Edition came out a couple of years ago now, and, and it changed quite a bit of the mechanics from D&D. So, like, I think that they, they've already done a good job of safeguarding themselves, um, and they are very separate from Dungeons & Dragons. So who, who knows exactly how that would affect a company like that? Because, um, again, you know, unless they're using direct copy of that SRD document, um, they should be protected from the OGL thing, so... I don't know. Let us know what you guys think down in in the uh, comments, and you know who knows. Maybe three months from now, this episode will age really badly. <laughs> and um, Cody
1: was wrong about everything. They're coming after everybody. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Nerds with friends is over because Wizards of the Coast shut us down for saying Dungeons and Dragons. They're fucking chills for D D. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They just appointed Kanye West as new CEO of Wizards of the Coast. <laughs> um yeah so uh hopefully hopefully it clears itself up in in a couple weeks and uh we'll have a a better response to this and and like i said we do want to get one of our um guests on who's more well versed in this so look for that in the coming weeks too but let us know what you think down in the comments are is wizards being unreasonable at least from how i've laid it out for you guys um and i do recommend everyone go out there and read the leaked document is very easy to find on on Twitter. You just cite, you just uh, search leaked OGL D and D, and you can find it on there. So read through it. Let us know what you think. Um, are we way off, or do you agree with us? That's not that big of a deal. Um, we'll see what happens when it when it comes out. You know, but uh, yeah, I think I think it. The safe bet is just to wait and see what happens.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: Yeah. Well, thank you guys for liking and subscribing and then dealing with this new uh, setting for Nerds of Friends. Uh, yeah, yeah, we had a cool background in the beginning, but uh, <laughs> apparently duct tape isn't as sticky as it used to be. You know, back in my day, duct tape would stay up there forever.
1: So you know what we should do is we should get a green screen and then just put the exact wall back up there. The yeah, exact yeah,
0: green screen to wall. So w- when we stand up with our green t-shirts, it's just like... Just the Wall. wall. <laughs> that would be pretty funny um but uh yeah thank you guys for uh, dealing with us during this transition um we should be back on a fairly regular schedule now i think so um you know uh we appreciate you guys liking and subscribing check out the patreon patreon.com nerds with friends helps us out and you know we're probably gonna need some new equipment I already had to buy new mic cables longer yeah. mic cables for here yeah get
1: some uh, one of them boom mics
0: little boom mics maybe a little table so we don't have our thing on bar stools here so <laughs> Uh, thank you yeah. guys for listening. We appreciate you. Appreciate you, Christian. Thanks for uh, buying a pack, a, a oh, whole yeah. box of. Uh, about to go open some more packs? to yeah, open some more packs of magic. <laughs> to all the nerds out there, remember you're not alone. You're with friends. This is Nerds with Friends. Thank you and good night.